Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Beyond the Crucible. I'm Warwick Fairfax, the founder of Beyond the Crucible. I know all that's going on. I appreciate it. I know it's conflicting, confusing, confounding, but be present. Try to be thankful for where you are and who you're with and be present. You know, ask your family and friends how they're doing. Joke with them, laugh with them, grieve with them, have fun with them. Uh, And if you've got some ill feelings that are cropping up, forgive them. Conflicting, confounding, confusing. Did you feel any of those emotions when gathering with family and friends over Thanksgiving? If so, we've got the antidote for turning those difficult feelings into warm memories. Hi, I'm Gary Schneeberger, co-host of the show. This week, Warwick and I discuss his latest blog at beyondthecrucible.com. Not feeling thankful? These seven tips can get you in the holiday spirit. We recorded this episode before Thanksgiving, the blog had already been posted, knowing you wouldn't hear it until after Thanksgiving. Why? Because the tips we discussed to truly celebrate Thanksgiving with a capital T will equip you for day-to-day Thanksgiving with a lowercase t. The key points touched on here, which include allow yourself to reflect, craft a mission from thankfulness, and be present, will serve you and your relationships the other 364 days of the year that aren't the fourth Thursday in November. And remember, Christmas is coming. What's the ultimate takeaway here? As Warwick says, it's a lot easier being thankful when you're serving a mission beyond yourself. This discussion, as um, as happens once a month, folks, is about uh, Warwick's new blog. And the blog in question uh, is is available right now at beyondthecrucible.com. And it's all about Thanksgiving and why giving thanks is uh, for both the great things in life and the not so great things in life is so important. It's called Not Feeling Thankful. These seven tips can get you in the holiday spirit. Warwick, you wrote this as we approached Thanksgiving. Um, it's now after Thanksgiving when folks are hearing it. But uh, what led you to write this blog about this particular sort of sliver of the Thanksgiving holiday? Yeah, I mean, Thanksgiving can be a conflicting time. You're with family and friends, and they can be wonderful memories, and there can be tensions. It can be uh, you can maybe remember people that have. Uh, not with you. Um, so there's sort of a uh, a confluence of different feelings. And so uh, this can be a time to reflect, but a time to make sure that Thanksgiving works for you. And it can be a time where you want Thanksgiving to be a time of celebration, not a, a time of uh, challenge, which it can be, to try to 
turn the challenge into something that's more of a of a blessing. Uh, so that was really the objective um, with the blog and this discussion. And it's funny, you know, Thanksgiving is a uniquely North American holiday, right? Uh, celebrated right. in Canada in October and in the U.S. in November. Now, of course, growing up in Australia, sure we had you know Christmas, uh, but we did not have Thanksgiving. In fact, hmm. in uh, early on when I visited the U.S., I remember uh, I ran into some folks here that said, "Gosh, it's it's so sad you're not with your family on Thanksgiving." And uh, I know <laughs> a little bit about American history because it's my favorite history growing up in Australia. Believe it or not, U.S. history. So, speaking of U.S. history. Um, Thanksgiving actually commemorates a feast between uh, the pilgrims who emigrated from England and Native Americans in the fall of 1621. So it had been a harsh winter, and uh, uh, there was also a disease that it had a, a, a you know terrible impact with both the pilgrims and Native Americans. And so they had this feast that the pilgrims invited the local Native Americans to. And it was a time of celebration and thanksgiving because they just had a successful harvest and as well as giving thanks to God. Nowadays, um, I think that's uh, for some people will give thanks to God. For others, it's more giving thanks in a more general sense. But thanksgiving is something that certainly in the U.S. unites all Americans, pretty much all Americans celebrate thanksgiving. And it's a time irrespective of background, um, that people come together and uh, are thankful and, and are being together. I mean, at least that's the objective, I think, that most of us strive for with Thanksgiving. Yeah, and it's it, it, the point that you make in the blog, right? It's being thankful regardless of good things, bad things. There are things to be thankful for sort of in a 360. And what you just mentioned there, um, it reminded me of – Good gracious, when was this? I'm going to look it up here. It reminded me of an editorial I wrote in 1999 when I was in newspapers because I, I I covered some of the same ground. But the the proclamation by President Lincoln to have a national holiday of Thanksgiving in the U.S. came on October 3rd, 1863, which was just two weeks after more than 34,000 Americans were killed or wounded in a battle in the Civil War. And just I'm going to read just a couple of sentences of what Lincoln said, because it, it it sets up this idea that there are things to be thankful for, even in, in the midst of crucibles and crises. He says, the year that is drawing toward uh, its close has been filled with the blessings of fruitful fields and healthful skies. To these bounties, which are so constantly enjoyed that we are prone to forget the source from which they come, others have been added, which are so extraordinary a nature that they cannot fail to penetrate and soften even the heart, which is habitually insensitive to the ever watchful providence of Almighty God. He goes on to say, in the midst of a civil war un of unequal magnitude and severity, peace has been preserved uh, with all nations, order has been maintained, the laws have been respected and obeyed, and harmony has prevailed everywhere except in the theater of military conflict. That's a pretty, I mean, that proclamation comes at a pretty um, conflicting time, and I think goes exactly to the point you make in the blog that good or bad, tough or or easy street, there are reasons to be thankful, causes to be thankful, regardless of our circumstances, right? Absolutely, Gary. I mean, that is a great reminder of uh, that proclamation by President Lincoln in 1863. It was still in the midst of the Civil War. 
right. uh, North against South, the Union Army against the Confederate Army. Uh, certainly in some uh, border states, uh, you had brother against brother uh, mm-hmm. fighting on different sides. It tore families apart, certainly from President Lincoln's standpoint and I'd say our standpoint uh, here, it was a fight for for freedom to um, free uh, people who were enslaved. Um, it was certainly a righteous cause, but in 1863, it was by no means certain which side right. would prevail and whether mm-hmm. slavery would be abolished. So I think President Lincoln's viewpoint was uh, things were finally balanced. It was a it was, been a huge loss of life on both sides, but just being thankful amidst trial and adversity. I think it's a great model that Lincoln had is irrespective of the circumstances to be thankful. Yeah. And it's just a great, it's a great reminder for us all. And that's what you write about in this blog, right? That's your, that's your perspective um, for all of us. Again, we're not in a civil war right now, but all of us have things that can be both good happening to us and not so good happening to us. Do you want to start talking about the seven points that you outline of how we can, we can, um, as we say in the headline, if you're not feeling thankful, these seven tips can get you in the holiday spirit. And the first one, Warwick, starts at the beginning, right? Where do you begin? You begin at the beginning. And your first one, your first point is start by giving thanks. Unpack that a little bit for folks. Yeah, as we were talking about at Thanksgiving, there can be a time of happy memories, sad memories, loss of loved ones, broken relationships, strained relationships. There's just a, a whole uh, load of just feelings, conflicting thoughts and emotions. A good place to start uh, when you think about Thanksgiving with all these conflicting emotions, is to give thanks. And it might not be an easy thing. You might, you know, give thanks to God, you know, if you're a person of faith or give thanks more generally. Even when things are not going well, there are typically things you can give thanks for. Maybe it's with a husband or wife, partner, kids, cousins, parents, co-workers, friends. There's at least someone or some people that we can give thanks for. It could also be giving thanks for um, a good job, health, an education, uh, things that have gone well. Uh, it can be you know, all kinds of things, even just being thankful for an encouraging friend or a walk in the park. So I guess the point is to think of things that you can be thankful for. Think of things that you can be grateful for and you might think, I got nothing, you know, there's nothing I can think of. But as you begin the discipline of thinking about what you can give thanks for, I think for most people, they can think of at least one thing that maybe flows into more than one thing that you can give thanks for. Right. And it it's funny that you would say that, Warwick, because it, it it lines up with a quote. I pulled a couple of quotes as we go through this to throw out by, by some folks. Norman Vincent Peale said this about what you were just talking about. The more you practice the art of thankfulness, the more you have to be thankful for, right? It's a flywheel. As you find one thing, two things, three things, it leads to more and more of those things to be thankful for. So point one, folks, is start at the beginning. Start by giving thanks. Um, second point here, Warwick, in your blog is allow yourself to reflect. So we've started out, we found things to be thankful for. Now we're going to back up a little bit and we're going to put our thinking caps on and we're going to allow ourselves to reflect. Talk a little bit about that. 
Yeah, Gary, I think I'm not a big believer in stuffing the emotions. It's good to give thanks, but what I don't want to do is paper over those negative and conflicting emotions that often happens during the holidays and certainly right. during Thanksgiving. You know, you can't move on, certainly from our perspective of Beyond the Crucible, you can't move on until you've understood and reflected on those feelings and emotions, figure out a way to process it and figure out a way that they will, you know, serve you, not you serve them. Think about a way to move forward. We can't move forward from that which you know, haven't reflected on. And so it's not always just terrible emotions either way. It can be just sadness, me melancholy. Maybe a mother, a father, a brother, a sister. Uh, maybe they're not around. Maybe they're estranged relationships, uh, sometimes for good reasons, sometimes for just reasons that it's hard to understand. I mean, families are complicated in most cases. And so I think as humans, um, it's just important to you know, reflect. As I said, you can't deal with that which you've not reflected on and, and, and processed. So, um, you know, give your chance to feel your feelings. Don't stuff it. Uh, just, uh, in a sense, be present in your feelings. Right. We had a podcast guest, and I forget who it was now, but talked about having undealt with emotions kind of in her emotional basement, right? Um, and, and that's what you don't want to do because uh, at some point, right, at some point in Thanksgiving, you're going to have to go down in the, in the basement for something uh, that you need. And that's a bad place to run into those emotions. So if you if you bring them up, if you if you mull them over, if you if you process them a little bit, if you're aware of them, you're not taken blindsided, which can really lead to um, some chaos. Right. If you if you're blindsided by those emotions, if you're not facing them, if you're not reflecting on them, that's when they can really cause some tumult. Right. Absolutely. I'm trying to think. It might have been Karen Austin. Yes, perhaps, I believe it was. You know. It was Karen Austin. Yep. Yeah. And so she was a driven person that just kept pressing forward. And I love that phrase that she uses of just stuffing all her emotions in the basement and not right. dealing with it. It really reminds me of a guest that was one of our first guests, uh, Esther Fleece Allen, who obviously you know very well. Uh, yes. And um, she had wrote this book called No More Faking Fine. She was abandoned by her parents uh, in high school, and she got like straight A's, an athlete. She was doing great from the outside world's perspective, but she really wasn't giving herself a chance to reflect and grieve, both different people in different circumstances. But I think the lesson from both is um, you don't want to fake fine. You don't want to stuff things in the basement. You want to Give yourself a chance to feel your feelings. And some may be, uh, you know, fair. Sometimes we feel feelings that we kind of know don't make a lot of sense and really right. aren't justified, but we just feel them anyway. Feelings are not right or wrong. They just are. So you got to give yourself a chance to feel them in order to be able to process them and move on. Excellent, excellent insight. Uh, and I love how this always works in your blog's work is it, it it's like a like a, a step it's like a like steps right there's step 1 step 2 and then you go then you move on if you master step 2 you move on to step 3 and step 3 is learn the lessons uh the idea that's a phrase that we've said a lot we say it on the on the on the video version of the podcast i say it all the time if you learn the lessons of your of your crucible these good things can happen to you but why is it so important 
after you've gone through the first couple of steps to then learn the lessons of whatever you find there in the basement or in your head or anywhere else around your table? Why is is learning the lessons so critical? You know, we often talk about learning the lessons where there's what we call crucible experiences. Setbacks and failures are so traumatic that they fundamentally alter the course of your life. Uh, but you can learn lessons from both the good things in your life and the bad things. And I guess uh, to be able to to be able to move forward, you need to be able to process those emotions, reflect on those crucible experiences, those challenges, and then consider: Are there things that I can learn from this? Right. Are there gifts, blessings, both from the good and the bad? And as I was reflecting and writing this blog, I actually started out thinking about. Well, how about thinking about the lessons from the good? Maybe you had two wonderful, loving parents. Maybe they loved you unconditionally. Maybe they encouraged you. They were at your games and just supported you. Uh, maybe um, you have a good job that you enjoy. You like the coworkers that you're with. You like the friends you have. Maybe you're somebody that has... Um, worked hard, you've taken a risk. Uh, you've tried different things. Being thankful for for that, you know, for being able to take those risks and be able to move forward. So I think it's also good to learn the lessons of things that have gone well, whether it's people that have encouraged you and have been supportive, or maybe things that you've got right in your life. It's easy to focus on the areas where you blew it or people were unkind to you. But in terms of learning the lessons, let's start with being grateful for and learning the lessons that maybe can help us live differently. If we were encouraged as a kid, maybe we can encourage others, you know, pay it forward. Uh, if we've worked hard and taken risks when we're in moments where we're doubting ourselves, we can say, look, I've taken a risk before, I've worked hard, I'll get through this. So learning right. the lessons from the good can actually serve you uh, as well. You know, what we talk about a lot on Beyond the Crucible is we can also learn lessons from areas that have not gone well. Perhaps in right. high school, you hung out with the wrong crowd. Perhaps you made some mistakes, didn't work as hard as you could have. Or you can beat yourself up saying, gosh, I was so dumb. Or you can say, well, okay, maybe I made some choices that I wish I didn't, but how can I move forward and live today better than I did yesterday or the year before or 10 years before? How can I have a better tomorrow? How can I live tomorrow you know, in a better uh, way? You can't change the past, but you can change the present uh, and the future. Some areas in life are very painful and they're not your fault. Uh, we've had people on this podcast of every kind of crucible, victims of abuse, abandonment, physical tragedies, uh, health challenges, business failures, uh, certainly, in, in many of those cases, the crucibles were not their fault. And so, how do you find a way to forgive, which we always say doesn't mean condoning what happened? We talk about forgiving because lack of forgiveness is like drinking poison. Very often, the other person doesn't care, which is galling, but it just destroys <laughs> right. your life. Find a way to chart a different course so that what happened to you doesn't control you or define you. So I think the bottom line is we can learn lessons both from the good and things that have been very painful and damaging to us. 
Right. And it's it's so interesting on the on the day that we're recording this this morning. So just several hours prior to this conversation we're having, I sent you a text this morning about that very thing. Um, uh, I'm a fan of the Chicago Cubs. The Cubs um, have fired their manager, um, David Ross, who was a a hero when they won the, the World Series in 2016. And he's been manager for four years and they fired him to hire the man Craig Council considered the best manager in baseball. So they fired David Ross as kind of cult hero in Chicago. And it was David Ross's first chance to talk about what happened to him. And I sent you this um, because it, it's it's crucible leadership language and especially about stuff in this blog. Here's what David Ross said. Anger is the stuff of poison for me. It's time for me to figure out what's next. I have a lot of gratitude. He just got fired. I have a lot of gratitude. Some of the toughest times of my life, whether it's getting released or different things in my career on and off the field have been blessings at some point, have made me a better man. There's been a lot of good things that have come from tough times in my life. Hopefully this is another one of them. David Ross is going to be, I mean, he's already celebrated Thanksgiving by the time you hear this. He's going to be celebrating it in a couple of weeks by the time as we're talking about it. That's a great perspective to have, right? That's exactly what we're talking about. It's all about how you look at it. And terrible thing, got fired, didn't do anything wrong, yet he got fired. He has no job. And this is his his perspective. That's where we have to get, right? We have to get to that place where we're seeing the bigger picture and what the bigger picture can be. Yeah, it's so well said, Gary. Um, I mean, David Ross's perspective of being thankful. I mean, just I'm sure thinking of the World Series that he helped the Cubs win, you know, first right. in uh, the Cubs' long years. history. <laughs> Hundred eight yeah. years. Yeah, about time, as I'm sure Cubs fans uh, said and were thinking. But that is no small achievement. That is a giant achievement. One of the greatest achievements in baseball history is to win the World Series for the storied and beloved Chicago Cubs. So a lot to celebrate. I'm sure he had great uh, teammates um, that he helped uh, coach and great staff, uh, ownership. And yes, it's tough being fired, and you might think, gosh, I didn't really do anything wrong, but um, just not being bitter about it, finding a way to move forward, to channel that, to find some lessons or blessings in there. I mean, he is a living example of learning the lessons of both the good and the bad and not letting something so uh, devastating as being fired derail him. And the fact that he's saying this not months or years later, in the moment, That's what makes it astounding. Yeah, I mean, uh, the the first statement he's made about it, and that and and that statement already reflects that he's reflected, already reflects that he's thankful. He's already got that perspective, and that's what you're urging folks to do in your blog. Uh, So that was the third point: learn the lessons. The fourth point, and. David Ross did this, right? The fourth point that you have here is share with others. Uh, why is that so important to do? After you've thought it, you've processed it, you kind of have firmer footing. Why is it important to share your perspective, your Thanksgiving with others? You know, certainly whether there are areas in your life that have gone well and people have been supportive, I think it's really helpful to, um, you know, share that story. Certainly, share that with friends and family who've been supportive and be thankful and say, you know what, you were there, you supported me in some challenging times. I just want you to know that I so appreciate that. It meant the world to me and it still does today. 
that I think is is very helpful. And I think, you know, sharing that with others, I think can also give folks a model of um, the difference that being supportive can make in other people's mm-hmm. lives. You're not really sharing about how wonderful you, you are and look at me, you know, do what I do. It's more you're sharing with others about things that have gone well, people that believed in you, uh, maybe blessings you had of where you grew up, uh, the job that you had. Um, there's often a lot of things that we can reflect on that have gone well and we feel blessed by. And so sharing that with others, I think can be very, can be motivating and um, in a sense can bless others when they just hear about things that have been done to you in a good sense, like having parents that were at your games and encouraging you and uh, not trying to force you to do what they want to do. It can make people think, you know, I love that story. And, you know, maybe that can inspire me a bit in my life, you know, as I'm a parent or I'm a friend, coworker. So I think that is helpful. And I think in areas where your life is not gone as well, those can be areas that can springboard us into sharing stories that help others saying, you know, this is what um, I've been through, but I'm making a choice not to live that way. I want to be a, a different parent, a different father, a different mother, a different brother, sister, friend, coworker. Maybe there have been areas where, you know, you've made mistakes and you're sharing the story of this is what I've done, but I don't want to live this way in the future. I want to live differently. And sharing a story of hope, of both not letting your worst day define you, as we always say, and uh, you know, not letting the mistakes you've made, the thing, the terrible things that may have been done to you, not letting those define you, and just sharing with others, saying, "I would like to live differently." I'm hoping that all of us, that you, that we, can live differently. Uh, and maybe you're talking with people that have you know, maybe had a tough upbringing the way you did, but saying, look, I, I know what it's like. I know it's not easy, mm-hmm. but let's choose to live differently. I know we can complain. I know we can commiserate. We can share war stories, but let's think about how we can live differently. How, how do, let's think about how we can be a different dad, a different mom, a different friend, a different coworker. So I think sharing with others can be very powerful, both, you know, sharing the good and the bad. I'm going to like, mix up our holidays here in a salad bowl because there's something that you've said, I've heard you say often uh, on this subject of sharing with others. You talk, uh, and it's about birthdays in the Fairfax family. You talk about this, Warwick, um, about sharing gratitude situations. And talk about what you do on birthdays around the the dinner table when you're celebrating with your, you know, your wife and kids that gets right to this point of sharing with others about gratitude. So, one of the things we do is we express our feelings about somebody youngest to oldest about what we most admire and respect about them. And it's something that I really enjoy doing uh, when it's my wife or my kids. Just there are so many things I'm grateful for, for each of my kids. Like with in the case of my kids, uh, they're all in the working world. They, they're humble. They work hard. They really model employees, and I'm so grateful. I admire them so greatly, and uh, obviously, I'm one of these people that believes if you see something good, say something and be specific. 
So I don't just say, oh, I right. love you and, you know, you've got a good character. I, you know, will often give examples of, exa- of the type of things that shows um, who they are. And um, yeah, just that sense of sharing those stories. And obviously, maybe not obviously, but they're all adults. They know my story. They know some of the challenges that I've faced. And, you know, my dad was married three times, my mother twice. And so, you know, I'm grateful to be married to my wife for 34 years. Um, so, yeah, I just, I'm grateful for it. I'm just, and I think my kids realize that they're, you know, blessed to have the mother they do and our family. And um, yeah, so we really share both some of the challenges and some of the lessons that I've learned, you know, growing up with lots of money and position and how that in of itself doesn't make you happy. So there are definitely lessons from the bad that we talk about and share. And uh, yeah, it's just something that we do. And it's it's just a great, um, it's a great time of reflection and blessing to just share those stories, both the good and the bad, but just in a sense where we're sharing also lessons. And even with the bad, how uh, there are things that we can be grateful for. There are things that those challenges uh, taught us. The next point in this blog titled, Not Feeling Thankful, These Seven Tips Can Get You in the Holiday Spirit, is point five, which is to craft a mission from the thankfulness. So you've talked about, you've thought about, you've shared what you're thankful for. Now the next step becomes craft a mission from it. Why is that such a critical next step? This point is really, you know, maybe there are areas in your life that you're thankful for, like having encouraging parents. You know, maybe just sharing how important it is to have parents that love their kids unconditionally to support them, you know, right or wrong. Doesn't mean they don't offer, you know, words of of correction when needed, but there's just this sense of encouraging and, and unconditional love well, just be thinking about if that's something that's really important to you because you've uh, been blessed by that, how can I use that message to help others? How can I give other people hope? How can I share with maybe you know young parents how important that is? Maybe you know, everybody's different, but it's possible that a mission can come out of uh, blessings that you've just so grateful for. It could be some nonprofit, it could be just something that you do on the side as just part of your life. You just feel like there's this message that people need to hear. Or it could be something that comes out of some pain that you've suffered. So many of our guests on this podcast um, have gone through horrific things and they choose to uh, create a mission. Sometimes it's a vocation. It's a lifelong mission. Uh, we had uh, David Charbonneau as one of the first guests on the podcast, who was a Navy SEAL that was injured in a parachuting accident in Southern California, and he became paralyzed. His career as a Navy SEAL was ended. And um, he was able to channel that pain into now being the executive director for a clinic for vets with some of the most uh, up-to-date equipment to give injured vets maximum uh, range of motion and recovery. He's channeled that pain into, into a mission. We had a woman, um, Virginia McCooey, that suffered financial abuse. She was 
a gifted uh, executive in the publishing industry in New York, very capable, but um, she was just went through this horrific uh, experience of abuse. Well, now she um, helps other women uh, to try to come back from that, to try and avoid that kind of abuse. She, her pain has given her the inspiration to have a mission. So whether it's the good or the bad, I think often you can have this personal mission, which could be some formal nonprofit, or it could be just the way you lead your life at work, at home, with friends, that you want to use what you've been through, both the good and the bad, to really help people, to help serve some higher purpose. So it can be very motivating and uh, it can, you know, to a degree, change the direction of your life for good. We all want meaning and purpose in life. And so having a mission that comes from thankfulness, from both the good or the bad, it can give life meaning and purpose, which is, is a huge part of living what we call a life of significance, a life on purpose dedicated to serving others. Now, I'm, I'm searching my memory banks here, Warwick, and I'm trying to think if I know someone nearby, even virtually, who, who who's done this, who's crafted a mission from thankfulness, both the, the good and the bad. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think, does that, does that, Sound like anybody you know who's on this call right now, like you? I mean, that's that is a a summation without your intent to do that. That's a summation of of what you're doing with with Beyond the Crucible now, right? It is. I mean, that's what we're all about at Beyond the Crucible. That's what I'm all about. As as listeners know, I think well by now um, that 2.25 billion dollar loss after my failed takeover bid from my family's 150 year old media company in Australia. It was devastating. It was painful. I felt like I let my parents down, family down. 4,000 plus employees um, caused friction in my family. And so, yes, that was painful, but how can I use this devastating setback, this crucible to help others? And over the years with Beyond the Crucible and my book, Crucible Leadership, Embrace Your Trials to Lead a Life of Significance, you know, we talk a lot about not letting your worst day define you. Well, there was a lot of worst days, but certainly one of the biggest worst days was in late December 1990 when we had to declare bankruptcy. And I had to make that decision. It was clear legally uh, in terms of what was the right thing to do. We had no choice uh, given uh, the state of debt and, and where we were. That was a terrible day, but that day didn't define me. I've tried to use what I went through in my book and this podcast and speaking events and other things to give others hope that your worst uh, day, whether it's your fault or not your fault, does not have to be the end of your story. It gives my life uh, meaning and purpose. Uh, certainly, it's part of that. It gives me joy and fulfillment. Uh, even if one life is helped, as you always say, that's enough. So it's it's very, it's very motivating. I just feel blessed and thankful with every story that we're able to share of the guests we have on or the dialogues you and I have. It's, uh, right. it's a tremendous blessing that I am thankful for uh, every day. So yeah, there's no question in my mind when you have a mission that comes out of things that maybe have not gone well or things that have gone well, it's, um, it makes... Uh, your life, a life of meaning and purpose. It, it's a lot easier to be thankful when you're serving a mission that's uh, beyond yourself. Right. And, and what you've just described is a, is a kind of a neat 360, right? 
Um, you craft a mission from thankfulness. And where does it lead you? Shoop, all the way around, it leads you to thankfulness, right? The mission that you've crafted, you just described it. The mission that you crafted from your thankfulness, from the good and the bad that you've been through, you're now using um, uh, in a way that you're thankful for in that you're helping others, which is kind of a beautiful picture. And, and really, uh, um, uh, that's the, the goal of a life of significance is to get to that place where your thankfulness then uh, leads others to find their thankfulness, um, I think is, is kind of a poetic way to unpack all that. Uh, sixth point in the blog, uh, let's go back to the first uh, five, folks. One, start by giving thanks. Two, allow yourself to reflect. Three, over here, learn the lessons. Four, share with others. Five, craft a mission from thankfulness. Six, while you're doing all this stuff, You've got to do six. Six is important. Can't overlook it. And that is to be present. What do you mean by that in the blog, Warwick? Yeah, Gary, you know, you're at Thanksgiving. You've got all these conflicting emotions, the good, the bad, uh, things you're happy that have gone well in your life, things you're grateful for, and things that you're just really frustrated about. And often uh, at the Thanksgiving table, family and friends, they will push your buttons. They will remind you of the dumb <laughs> things you did in high school. They'll kneel you. It's yeah. like, hey, I'm not 15 anymore. I'm a grown right. man. I'm a grown woman. Come on, give me a break. But, you know, and sometimes it's in good fun and there's a line between good fun and fooling around and painful barbs that, you know, wound. And sometimes the line gets fuzzy uh, with family mm -hmm. and one flows into another. So you've got all these conflicting emotions that may be, Family members who are no longer present, family members that just don't turn up because of some, you know, something that happened years ago and you don't quite know why. Maybe you know why, but it's like, can't they be here? You know, can't we all be a family? Sometimes life is confusing and conflicting. But I guess the point here is I know all that's going on. I appreciate it. I know it's conflicting, confusing, confounding, but be present. You know, just Try to be thankful for where you are and who you're with and be present. You know, ask your family and friends how they're doing. Joke with them, laugh with them, grieve with them, you know, have fun with them. Uh, and if you've got some ill feelings that are cropping up, forgive them. You don't have to say, hey, by the way, I forgive you. Just wanted to, you know, you don't have to make this big song and dance right in the middle of the Thanksgiving table. I mean, if you feel so led and you feel it's appropriate. You know, that's fine, but more just in how you treat other people, even if you feel like objectively, gosh, they're not really, they don't deserve me to be nice to them. I'm just going to give the right. cold shoulder. I'm just going to blow them off. You know, if they ask me, hey, what's going on? I'll just give the minimalist answer. Oh, not much. Uh, fine. I mean, just give them nothing. Uh, that's an approach, but I don't think that's the best approach. So you might have these ill feelings, but try to be nice, even if they're not being nice to you. There's that old right. adage, treat people the way you would like to be treated, you know? So I think, and we also talk about a lot here, having a spirit of grace, you know, which mm -hmm. goes with having a spirit of forgiveness. So really what we're saying is when you're at that Thanksgiving table, I know there's all these emotions and conflicting thoughts, but be present, listen, laugh, grieve, have fun with them, just be present, you know, be there with your family and friends, despite all of the 
emotions and thoughts that are going on in your mind. Right. And I have a story to tell uh, uh, about that in my family, and it's not really centered around Thanksgiving, but it's made, right, it, it'll, it makes Thanksgivings and all holidays um, so much more joyous now. There was a period of time in my life um, where my older sister uh, didn't speak to me. Uh, there was a there was a rift. Um, I didn't think it was really my fault. Details aren't important. But for a couple of years, we didn't communicate. And um, um, I wrote a book on public relations. Um, one of the five people I singled out in my acknowledgments was her, even though we had not been speaking, because she taught me, right? She taught me how to write, not just like thoughts down. She taught me how to form letters when I was a kid. And I, I, I honored her by that, put it in the book, didn't tell her, didn't do anything. Well, my, uh, my niece, I'm not my niece, my nephew, her son, read the book, called her up and said, you should call your brother because check the book out. So she called me up one day, hadn't talked in two, two and a half years. And she started this apology and I said, stop, right? I forgive you. Because what I learned in that moment, and I think what you're talking about is that family doesn't just come before feelings alphabetically, right? F-A before F-E. Family comes before feelings um, practically as well. I learned that lesson strongly there, and it's led to a bond being created now among both of my surviving siblings and I that had not been there um, for decades. Um, there's there's love and there's conversations and there's there's sharing going on. That moment of being present and that you you hit on it when you were talking about being present. Forgive if you need to. Um, and you've said many times, forgiveness is not dependent upon, you know, it, it doesn't mean that you uh, think everything that was done is right. You're not letting it pass. You're just choosing to to move beyond it. Really a, a, a strong perspective. And just you talking about that reminded me of my own experience with that. And yeah, it didn't happen over Thanksgiving, but it can happen over Thanksgiving if we lived in the same city. Um, uh, those things could certainly happen. And it certainly makes those gatherings now far, far better. Um, that is for sure. Sometimes rifts happen, as you say, the why isn't always important. I mean, it can be, but just when that rift is healed, Talk about being thankful. That is the best yeah. birthday present, Christmas present. If there yep. were Thanksgiving presents, which they're not, as far as I know, <laughs> but if they were, uh, that would be one of the biggest presents you can have is um, a sibling, a relative, when there's a reunion um, where you're reunited. Right. And you know, sometimes when things are broken and they're grafted back in, they're stronger than they were before, which it feels mm -hmm. like is what you're saying. And that's certainly something to be very grateful for and very thankful for. And um, that is certainly being present in that uh, moment. Uh, boy, that is a wonderful story. And, uh, you know, reunions, healing, it, it can happen. And just the way you approached it with grace and forgiveness, uh, that was wise and um, certainly made that healing. I mean, you could have had a different approach. You'd say, wow, right. huh, it's about time. It was all your right. fault anyway. And I deserved it 20 years ago or, or five years ago or yeah, whatever. Exactly. I, yeah, none and of that. It's, it's, yeah. And it's too late. Be gone. I don't, I, you know, let's talk again in 10 years. Actually, maybe never. I mean, that may not have been the right approach, but you could have done that. But yet right. you approached it with grace and forgiveness. And now you and, you know, brother and sister have a great relationship. It's a great model yeah. and a great story. And, right, 
it's the it's the second to last point in our blog that we've been talking about, folks. And the last one is my favorite point probably in here because it's the right. We're talking about all this stuff. We're talking about Thanksgiving around the time of Thanksgiving. You'll be hearing this after Thanksgiving. We're recording it before Thanksgiving. But this, the, the last one is celebrate Thanksgiving. Um, and I don't think, Warwick, when you wrote this, you meant just the holiday. I know you mean the holiday, but you sure. mean the idea of giving thanks uh, for things. So, so talk about why that's your summary point, celebrate Thanksgiving. And you used, and you don't do this often, Folks, Warwick Fairfax <laughs> used an exclamation point in his blog after celebrate Thanksgiving. So it it's it's a big point for him. Indeed. Well said. You know, with the good and the bad, the poor decisions you've made, the bad decisions, the challenging relationships you might have with family and friends, celebrate. Be grateful. Be thankful. You know, you're not perfect, they're not perfect. But I think as we've been through some of these points you'll find something to be thankful for, something to be grateful for, and just enjoy being together. You know, life is complex. There are going to be all sorts of confluent feelings, have a glass, a half-full mentality rather than, you know, hey, it's half-empty. Um, just have I a, have to interrupt you. Sorry, please. I have to interrupt you for saying that because I'm, I, I've pulled quotes and I read one earlier. Here's, here's the quote I pulled, folks. It's from someone named Sam Lefkowitz who said this, when asked if my cup is half full or half empty, my only response is that I am thankful I have a cup. I am sorry to interrupt you, but you were just talking about half full and half empty. And we, right? The perspective here is be thankful we have a cup, right? Absolutely. It's great. That's a great point. So, you know, obviously there's a lot to celebrate in terms of, uh, you know, one of the things I love about Thanksgiving here is the food, you know, the turkey, the pecan pie and pumpkin pie and, you know, all of that. It's a wonderful time. But beyond the actual day of Thanksgiving, just being thankful for what we have, being thankful for today, be thankful for friends, family, and even be thankful for for the challenges. I mean, growing up with, um, you know, uh, my dad having three marriages and my mother, you know, two, it made me very cognizant of who I would marry and just that's important and I've been so blessed. So the fact that Gail and I have been married 34 years, there's not a day that I don't say being a person of faith, thank you, Lord, for bringing Gail into my life. She's a wonderful person, a person of faith, a great blessing. Um, you know, if I hadn't grown up the way I did, I'm, I think I'd still be thankful, but not at the same level. No way would I be at the same level because I've known the alternative. It makes me thankful. And I tell my kids, you don't know what it's like to have the alternative. You have a fantastic mother. Right. Um, you have every reason to be incredibly grateful so, um, you know, celebrate both the good, even even the bad things that have happened to us or the bad uh, things that we've done. There are ways we can find the good that comes out of that to, to celebrate. So, um, absolutely, Thanksgiving is a time to celebrate, which is sometimes that might seem obvious, but other times it might seem celebrate what? Well, there's typically things that have been good that we can celebrate, and even the bad we can find lessons from them that are gifts. And so many yeah. of our guests on the podcast have said the horrific things they've been through have been a blessing because it's changed the course of their life. 
and they've learned the lessons from, and they've found a way to give back and help others. So even the bad, there can be blessings that can come out of it, things that we can celebrate. I'm thinking about one of those guests uh, from the podcast, um, Stacey Kopass, and one of the things she said, because you said something in that last statement uh, about, you know, even really terrible things that that happen can be can be celebrated and be thankful for. And she talked about how crucibles and bad things that happen to us, the lower down you go on a, she compared it to a trampoline, the lower down you go, the higher up you can go, which I thought was brilliant, right? Even those, those truly traumatic things process properly, lessons learned, um, uh, share them with others, go through these seven points. You do that. It can lead you to a, uh, to a thankfulness, uh, unlike any you've had before, right? I mean, those that is truly possible. This is not a pipe dream and we're not making it up. We've had guests who've talked about it and you know that to be true, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's an excellent point, Gary. Uh, Stacy Kopass is a woman uh, from Sydney and she grew up in the outer suburbs of Sydney. She, about age 14, dove into an above ground pool. When you're young, you do things that aren't wise and she became paralyzed through that where she went through a period in which she was just mercilessly persecuting herself, saying, how could I be so dumb? And she was an athlete. Well, when you're young, you do sometimes do silly things. It's part of it. Most of us don't have those sorts of life-altering consequences. But she has said that what she went through in some ways was a blessing. Not that she wishes her or anybody else would go through that, but she felt like it, it made her more serious about life. It gave her a platform to help others, to coach and to consult. And the woman that she is now, her perspective is she would not have been that person without what she went through. So there is some sense that she views what she went through as a blessing. Not that she wishes it on anybody, but there is out of that terrible circumstance, some good came of it, some something to celebrate in some strange way. So her... Her example is an amazing example uh, of um, how you can find good to celebrate even out of the most direst, terrible circumstances. We've come to the point uh, in these shows that are based on blogs where uh, you always end the blog with some reflection questions. So I'm going to pose the reflection questions to the listener. These reflection questions uh, are on the blog, uh, Not Feeling Thankful, These Seven Tips can get you in the holiday spirit. That is available at beyondthecrucible.com. But here's the reflection questions for you to ponder, folks, um, before Warwick wraps us up with his uh, his final Thanksgiving thought. Uh, first question is, what are you most grateful for this Thanksgiving? And if it's more than one thing, list them all. What are you most grateful for this Thanksgiving? The second one is rather historical. Um, the second point of reflection is tell someone what it is and it also ends in Warwick's blog with an exclamation point. Look at your calendar. Whenever you're listening to this episode, mark it down. Warwick Fairfax used two exclamation points in something he wrote, which never happened. So, but tell someone what it is once you discover what are those things that you're, that thing or things that you are thankful for on this Thanksgiving. And then the last point is forgive others for past slights or hurts. We talked about that a little bit here. And consider how you can bless others through the, through both the trials and the blessings you have experienced and received. Warwick, that's a lot of conversation. Uh, I think a lot of really good insight, a lot of uh, perspective. Um, how would you put the bow on this package and wrap it up for folks as we, uh, as, we move, as we move on? You know, Thanksgiving 
is not always an easy time. It's a time of reflection, uh, time for sharing and giving to others, time for letting go. Inevitably, there'll be thoughts of uh, people that you miss, mistakes you've made, some challenges and difficult things that were done to you. will be all these confluence of conflicting emotions, both the good and the bad. But Thanksgiving is really a time for gratitude, to be thankful, to let go of past hurts, for reconciliation. I mean, Gary, your example with your sister is a good example of letting go of past hurts and differences, Mm -hmm. being thankful for her, and being grateful to be reunited with now you, your sister, and your brother. That's a great model of what it is to celebrate Thanksgiving in, you know, that the broad sense of, of that word. So I think in, as I think about how to conclude, I'd say um, you don't want to let Thanksgiving overwhelm you. You don't want to let all these emotions and thoughts control you. Emotions and conflicting thoughts, the good and the bad are inevitable, but you want to try to corral those thoughts and channel them in a positive way. Thanksgiving can be a time of celebration, but you've got to find a way to be grateful, be thankful for the good that's happened, and even find a way to be grateful and thankful for the things that are not so good, for the bad things that have happened, for the bad things you've done, perhaps, the bad things that have happened to you, because even out of bad, the bad things that have happened, they can be lessons. They can be used for good. They can be used both positively in your life and positively in others. So Thanksgiving, I think, really can be a time to be thankful and a time to celebrate. It's really a time for a mind shift where you're channeling those thoughts, both the good and the bad, in a positive direction so that you really can find a way to celebrate Thanksgiving uh, much in a sense like President Lincoln did back in 1863, that first Thanksgiving, at least as a national holiday, There was no particular reason to be thankful given the war was at its height. Uh, Nobody knew what was going to happen. But President Lincoln found a way to be thankful. I think if President Lincoln can find a way to be thankful at the height of the Civil (laughs) War, I think each of us can probably find a way too to be thankful. And that, folks, is a perfect place to land the plane, as I like to say, on this conversation. I'll say one other thing, because some of you will be hearing this after the holiday Thanksgiving with a capital T is over. All the things that we've been talking about here, all the things that Warwick just summarized right there, are also about giving thanks, Thanksgiving with a, with a lowercase t. It's not just one day a year. This is the way we can live 365 days a year. Um, and... Another way that we can live 365 days a year is recognizing that crucible experiences, though painful, are not the end of our stories. In fact, they can be the beginning of a new chapter in our stories when we learn the lessons of them, when we apply those lessons to moving forward. Because where that new chapter leads us to, where that journey takes us to, is a life of significance. enjoyed this episode, learned something from it, we invite you to engage more deeply with those of us at Beyond the Crucible. 
Visit our website, beyondthecrucible.com, to explore a plethora of offerings to help you transform what's been broken into breakthrough. A great place to start? Our free online assessment, which will help you pinpoint where you are on your journey beyond your crucible and to chart a course forward. See you next week.